Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Absolutely awesome to see you down in Florida, Roddy. Unfortunately, you are at the grind. Working. LOL. Enjoy it, man. You deserve it. How about that? Listen, please don't feel sorry for me. Darren, do you feel sorry for me when I got to work? I feel sorry for me. <laughs> exactly. Kind of a life that I could settle into. Oh, real. Yeah. Fun, sun, and surf. It's the Rod Peterson Show. It absolutely is. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show. Coming at you uh, live from gorgeous South Florida. It's a brand new week and brand new environs, but it's the same old thing, and that is a heck of a lot of fun here. Daytime Sports Talk coming your way on the Game Plus Television Network. And, uh, of course, live streaming on YouTube and listen live at rodpeterson.com. I'm going to tell you just one guest today. He's been jumping around, uh, and it's Bernie Nichols. He was going to be with us in hour one, the Los Angeles Kings and New York Rangers. Great. He's now going to join us in hour two. And in our pre-show meeting today, I said to the Moose, I'm good with it all. I'm good with just Moose and I and the viewers for most of the two hours today because we got a lot to get to. As, yes, I broadcast from Dodge City. Happy Memorial Day. And uh, we honor the veterans who served and lost their lives uh, here in America. And, of course, we always do in Canada as well. But it's Memorial Day in the United States. And that's where I am now for the foreseeable future. Let's bring in from the NHL's Bermuda Triangle, Darren Moose du- uh, Dupont. How you doing, Moose? Happy Monday. Yeah, happy Monday. Happy Memorial Day. And, uh, and welcome back to the USA. Yes, thank you so much. I didn't. I hope there's no breaking news over the next two hours because I just realized I think I left the uh, breaking news cowbell with you. I think I did. So I don't know if you want to ship it down here. Or, well, we'll figure something else. Or like I said, I could go to the Hobby Lobby and buy one for $3. But anyways, that's the environs of the next two hours. That's the roadmap, if there is one. And can you please, Director Jordan, fire up the Quick 6 show topic horn, please. Quick 6 show horn. Well, listen, you get enough of the other sports in other places. We're going to open up with hockey, and I have written here a wild Sunday in hockey. And it has nothing to do with the Stanley Cup playoffs. Let's start with Finland Moose, where Sakari Mananen scored a power play goal in overtime to lift host Finland to a 4-3 win over Canada in a wild gold medal game at the Men's World Hockey Championship. The Finns held a 3-1 lead late in the third before the Canadians struck for two goals with the goalie pulled to tie it and force overtime. Cheshire defeated the United States 4-3 in the bronze medal game. As I say, I don't care about the World Hockey Championship unless we're winning and we made it to the final. So, yes, I cared. 
But for the hockey people, I'll be honest, I've got so many friends that have played in the World Hockey Championship, and they say it's nothing, or this was a while back, but they said it was nothing more than a booze fest and a party fest. We bring our wives. It's a, it's a holiday. I'm like, if you're not going to take it seriously, why would I? But over the last decade or so, I think the players have taken it a lot more seriously, and they certainly were playing like that, Darren. Um, so before I move on to the Centennial Cup and what's happening in the major junior playoffs, wild game, and I know you were watching it. Oh, it was nuts. Uh, it really was wild. And there was, you know, the officiating became a huge storyline. There was a five-on-three where Finland actually scored a couple of goals when they were down one nothing on a high stick that wasn't a high stick. I mean, it was a phantom call, which was fine, whatever. The player got hit with his own stick, so at least he got hit with some stick. And then he couldn't uh, explain what was going on with the goal reviews. But it was wild. And at the end of the day, it was really cool, um, actually, to see Finland win in front of their home fans. You know how much it meant to them. Sure. Well, here's what people love about the show. And obviously, we just spent how many days at a hockey tournament in Canada. So we talked to a lot of the hockey people. And they're like, well, well, we just love your stories, Rod. We can get the score sheet information anywhere else. So let me stop for a second. The phantom high-sticking penalty you're talking about was on Cole Sillinger, friend of the show, the youngest of the Sillinger clan. Um, but it seems like nobody really understands the international rules, okay? And as I was saying to Brian Dodge, the mayor of Dodge City, just the, this morning, I said, I've been covering the NHL, calling games in Major Junior and Junior A the last couple of years. And to be honest, the rules aren't 100% the same. And it reminds me of the World Juniors in 2012, where the international rules were a fourth rule book that I had no idea what they were. So Sammy Costantino was my color guy, and Sammy had been bother bothering me for days before the first game, Canada-Finland on Boxing Day at, in Edmonton. He's like, Roddy, we, Roddy, we got to go for supper. We got to get breakfast. We got to do something and talk, just talk. I'm like, ah, Sam, we'll figure it out. You know, I wasn't worried about the rosters or anything because I talked to Al Murray, the head scout of the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, at that time, I said, Tammy, can you give me these names? So it's Armia, okay. It's uh, Kucherov, okay. We're good. And then we get into the first game. Moose, can you tell me this? First game, something happens, and the referee goes like this. I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> I can't even remember. What was it icing or offside? So it's totally different. Well, right. Well, my first thought is this not a penalty shot? That's no, the signal for not, penalty in, shot. not in. Uh, that's what he did, anyways. And I had no idea yeah. what he was doing. And I'm like, oh, geez, Sammy, Crazy. maybe we should have gone for breakfast. Uh, so, anyways, <laughs> I figured out those rules really quick. But my point is, so Cole Sillinger gets called for. It was a double minor, was it not, for high sticking? But it was Heiskin in the Dallas defenseman who actually clipped himself in the head. I don't blame the ref for that. Who would know? in the heat of the moment. But it's like, do they have video review or do they not have video review? Because in the National Hockey League. They would, have, they would have reviewed that in the Stanley Cup playoffs because it's a critical moment of the game. But who knows if the double IHF does? Nobody seemed to know. I know. That was the confusing part is nobody seemed yeah. to know. And then, you know, trying to explain if it was a good goal or, or you know, not Canada's uh, first goal. Uh, or sorry, the second goal, but the first one with the goalie pulled. You know, trying to explain it's a good goal, but they're challenging it. No, it's not a good goal. Everybody got confused, and it kind of became the storyline of the broadcast, and it was really weird. Well, and by the way, reason number 987, why I don't want to do play-by-play -play anymore, similar to the Canadian Football League and to a certain extent to hockey, if I didn't know the rule, 
Twitter, they're all up my ass. You should know the rules. You're the play-by-play guy. I'm like, the damn coaches don't know the rules. How would I know the rules? It's not my job. My job's to call the play-by-play. Tell bitch at the coaches who don't know either. So, anyways, one last thing. So the USA comes away without a medal. They lost in the bronze medal game to Cheshire, if I'm saying that right. But Pickering's jerseys look so much like Team USA, especially in the 1980 Olympics. As I move on to Junior A, it's, as they say, very hard to beat red, white, and blue as a color scheme for any sport, any team. So the Brooks Bandits are this year's Centennial Cup champions as they defeated the Pickering Panthers 4-1 in the National Junior A Championship in Estevan, Saskatchewan. The Alberta Junior Hockey League champs who won their third national title in second straight outshot Pickering, Ontario, 44-11 in the game but needed four third-period goals to clinch the cup as Panthers netminder Zachary Roy was outstanding in the loss. Darren, were you thinking like I was? How is Brooks losing this game? Like, they didn't even need to flood the ice in Brooks' end of the ice, yet they were losing one nothing. I'm like, this can't, this can't hold up. This shouldn't hold up. But I give Rob Pearson, the coach of Pickering, a lot of credit. He was employing a 1-2-2 defensive scheme in his own zone, and they weren't allowing Brooks to get to the net at all. But in the third period, it takes a lot of energy to play a style like that and to collapse and blanket a team, and they just couldn't do it for 60 minutes. So bravo, Brooks. I think the, te- the best team won, but Pickering really put up a heck of a fight. You just thought that for a long time, Pickering might do this. They might, you know, what did they lose? 11-1 to 1 in the uh, uh, preliminary round against it was 9-1 uh, or 11-1? One, one, yeah. Yeah. Wild. And... You know, I'm looking at the shots, I'm watching, like it's 34 to 5 on the shots. But Pickering's winning somehow in this game. But they did. They played smart defensively. They knew that there was probably one or two game plans to win against Brooks. And that's it. Out of a thousand scenarios, there was one or two uh, things that they could have done to win. And that was it. You had to get really defensive, score one goal, and hope you shut them down. The goaltender played fantastic. But you're right. Uh, the best team at that tournament clearly was the Brooks Band. So congrats. And uh, as Moose was saying before the show, what a just what a fantastic time we had in Estevan with the people of Estevan, the hockey people, the teams. I invite uh, our viewers to chat amongst yourselves in the chat because this is Moose and my time here in the warm-up, as we say, and we're still in point one recapping the weekend hockey news. Uh, so that's the Centennial Cup in Seattle. A goal by Lucas Zaykovsky at 3.28 of the third period held up as the winner Sunday night as the Seattle Thunderbirds defeated the visiting Kamloops Blazers 2-1 to force a deciding seventh game in their Western Conference Final. It'll go Tuesday night in the loops. The winner will face off against the Edmonton Oil Kings in Game 1 Friday night in the WHL Championship Series. And, hey, you can tell you can call Edmonton hockey town now if you want. The Oil Kings and the Oilers have had to split their games at Rogers Place uh, on off night. So bravo, Edmonton. Who knew? So there's that. We're going to deviate a little bit, you know, when people say that they like our stories. And it is a daytime coffee discussion here on the show. And by the way, just so to hook everybody in, we're going to talk about a CFL preseason week one wrap. Why aren't every game on TV? It's a joke that it's not. Weeky, weeky. It's 2022. Hello. Blue Jays are on a roll. The USA Today came out with a list of the worst owners in sports, and by league, they named the worst owners in sports. So I, I know you always like that dis, uh, discussion, as do I. 
And then I got some USFL and CEBL stuff. But just back up to the top, point two, Toronto Maple Leafs forward Jason Spezza announced his retirement over the weekend after 19 NHL seasons. The 38-year-old is moving into the Maple Leafs front office as a special assistant to GM Kyle Dubas. That's all great. Way to go, Spets. Never met him. Before I understand, he's a tremendous guy, and he played 1,248 NHL games, um, not including playoffs. But then you saw my tweet, I assume. like Steve Simmons just takes an unnecessary run at Mike Babcock on Twitter yesterday, and he goes, there is such a thing as karma in the hockey world. Jason Spezza retires and waltzes right into the Leafs' front office, and Mike Babcock, for the moment, still can't get a job. How and about I'm like, that? and you guys, not, yeah, I'm like, people wonder why Toronto is viewed as such a toxic dump with regards to sports and specifically the Leafs. It's guys like Steve Simmons, who, by the way, has been fantastic to me over the years. But I just wonder. I just make a casual comment on Twitter and I'm nailed to the cross. And why does Steve Simmons get away with something like that? Taking a shot at a guy that's a personal friend of mine. So clearly I get a little bit defensive with Mike Babcock. But when Babs came on this show, his first interview since being fired by the Leafs, TSN and Sportsnet called us for his phone number. And I said, if he'd wanted you to have it, you'd have it. I'm not giving it to you. And it's because of this. Why, why take a shot? Darren, you're the Leafs fan. I just think it was completely unnecessary by Steve Simmons, who's better than that, and it came off looking really bad, and people just let him away with it. I don't get it. Well, it, it is. It, it does look bad, and I mean, there's not much need to do that, you know? And, and you know, I, I start to wonder why, you know? It feels like, you know, that there's people that are still so upset for whatever reason at Mike Babcock, maybe he didn't answer a question that he asked or didn't do an interview or was rude or who knows what could have happened. But it's still bothering him so much that he just wants to take an, you know, take any opportunity to bring to bring him down a little bit more. I don't it just it's a little distasteful and it, I didn't like it either. No, well it doesn't have anything to do with the Marner stuff. I wouldn't think. I don't know what's behind Steve Simmons saying that but completely uncalled for. It looks bad, and you just wonder what everybody vilifies Babs. Well, what would you do if you were in his shoes? And you've got some very powerful media people that just can't get over stuff. Like, my God, get over it. Hey, by the way, Rod's rant brought to you by Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. How about that? Find everything that? you need to know about our services, about our services, financing, product information, and more at broncoplumbing.com. Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling is the preferred plumbing, heating, and cooling company of the RP Show. So you guys are all watching. Tell Camco we mentioned his name. I'm going to push the CFL stuff into the next, and the Blue Jays, and the Worst Owners, and CEBL and USFL into the next segment, because just here right now, I just want to mention our poll question today for Capital Auto Mall Universal Collision Center. It is who wins Game 7 tonight, the New York Rangers or the Carolina Hurricanes. Again, our poll questions for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. They got dealerships all across the prairies. If you care, if you read stats, I was up this morning reading the NHL PR website, and um, I'm not going to get into home team winning percentage and stuff, but Moose, this is a homer series. So I do I need to say it again to the viewers that if the Hurricanes win tonight, they will have won the series in seven. And the Rangers will have never lost at home. 
So does that mean the Rangers aren't in trouble yet? You're never in trouble till you lose this one at home. Wrong, Bob. And I'm going with Carolina tonight for the homer series aspect. I think the home ice will tilt the scales. But I think it's going to be a hell of a hockey game. Your thoughts on Game 7 tonight. Who are you voting for, Moose, Rangers or Hurricanes in Raleigh? I'm voting for the Hurricanes. I think at the end of the day, the better team wins out in a seven-game series. I think that team is Carolina. The only concern I have is Igor Shosturkin has gotten pretty hot since the early part of the Penguin series. And on the other side, Carolina's had some struggles in goal. So goaltending could be a factor. Shosturkin could steal it, but I'm still riding with the Hurricanes. Gotcha. I sure enjoy the kibitzing and the fun. Somebody said, you might have been with me, they said uh, Shesterkin had more points Saturday night than Tony D'Angelo. How about that? He had one one helper, two penalty minutes, and 37 saves. That's a Gordie Howe hat trick for goalies. Uh, Pengs is watching, and he says that uh, it's not the first comment Steve Simmons has made that has ruffled feathers the last year. And I just don't understand why you got to do that. You know, Steve's a Hall of Fame guy, Hall of Fame writer for sure. And I do think he's a Hall of Fame person. Get over the Babcock stuff, okay? The Flames fans are all writing in saying, go Avs. <laughs> you guys should still be licking your wounds as we sit here today. Uh, and one more before we break from Pinks. He says, uh, seeing your Pats shirt, can we discuss the Pats coaching rumors? Or is that why you wore it? Hmm. And John Ohm Dong says, we won't forget that. BC Lions angered by late game Stampeders blitz that injured quarterback Kevin Thompson. We'll talk about that and all of this stuff. We're just getting going. It's the warm up. We'll be right back. It's the RP show back in Dodge City and the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. And we'll be back in a flash on the Game Plus television network, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. RP Show is brought to you in part by Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions, specializing in improving your company's performance and bottom line through supply chain management services. Before we bring the moose in, just a couple points. I'm going to fly through these because I want to spend more time on the CFL and some of these other stories. But the Toronto Blue Jays overcome two homers by Shohei Otani to beat the Angels 11-10 on Sunday to improve their unbeaten streak to five games. Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who had five RBIs, doubled home the tie-breaking run in the eighth. Toronto earned its first four-game sweep of the Angels in 30 years. Jays are off today. They're home Tuesday to the Chicago White Sox. Uh, and again, who was it that said this was just a little blip on the screen, just a little May swoon? This guy, when everybody was panicking about the Blue Jays. So here we go. And they gained some ground, five and a half out of the uh, division lead behind the Yankees coming out of the weekend. Just so you know, from the USA Today article on the worst owners in sports, if you care, in the major leagues, the big four, they say the worst NHL owners 
are the Wirtz family out of Chicago. How about that? How about three that? Stanley Cups in five years. Uh, yeah, I would take crappy owners if they could get me three Stanley Cups in five years. USA Today, stick to football and basketball. Uh, NFL, though, they say Jimmy Haslam in Cleveland. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. And they said Daniel Snyder's like in another stratosphere of bad ownership of all of them. So the, the next worst to Snyder is Jimmy Haslam. And uh, I'll come back to the USFL CEBL thing. But Moose, how did you, what, what do you think when you hear that? Oh, and by the way, the mayor of Dodge City was just out here, did a quick flip. It's Memorial Day. He, he noticed you couldn't see his lightning banner or USA flag. So uh, you see him now. So here we go. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, the Wirtz family, that would be a recency bias, right? Um, and not saying that they shouldn't, that they, that they shouldn't get it for things that were uncovered from you know, the whole investigation. But that's, for, for me, why they would be the worst. It would have nothing to do with business. You know, the, the product on the, on the ice and, and uh, maybe if they're making money or not making money, it would have everything to do with the PR side of it. So that's why Snyder's there, too. That's why the worst family on USA Today. It's not a Forbes list. Put it that way. For the richest owners. No, this is the worst owner. And you can imagine what it is. Um, like you say, recency bias. So what, they were in the news over the Aldrich thing, so that makes them the worst owners in the NHL. Like, again, the USA Today is my favorite newspaper. I read it every day. This is why I thought it would be interesting to include this. But I think if we sat around and really put some thought into it, I might say the Aquilinis in Vancouver as the worst owners in the NHL. Don't at me or at me. I don't care. But missed the playoffs again and have never won a Stanley Cup. That's not entirely all on their watch, but there's a hell of a lot worse owners than the Wirtz family. <laughs> but let's start with all the teams that have never won a Cup and then move down from there. Okay? Like, and if don't, and don't say, oh, Rod, are you saying winning's the, winning's the only thing? Hell yes, I am. Hell yeah. Look at Robert Kraft, okay? What he was accused of, and they didn't even care in, in New England because he's got six Super Bowls. Whatever, Bob. You do you. Do you. Just keep winning. Uh, <clears throat> anyways, let's move on. Week one CFL preseason wrap. I put a little bit of this in my column. And I'm going to try and sprinkle in some of the viewer comments as much as I can. Uh, tell your friends, start sp spreading the news that we are on live on YouTube right now. John Kirby in Edmonton, he's, he's brought his A game today. He's a little punchy. He says, why no Canadian flag behind you, Rod? Because, John, it's Memorial Day in the United States, and I am in the United States. Thanks for playing. Um, but he goes on to say that this Victor Quee thing was all over the news, all over Twitter on the weekend with the preseason. And that's what I'd rather talk about. And I think that's what our viewers would rather talk about than what's likely, you know, meaningless games. They're meaningless to the fans in the standings, CFL preseason games. The outcomes and what happened in the games, not so much. But Ottawa had a last-minute win at home over Toronto, 23-17. I think the third-string quarterback, his name eludes me, 
but he eluded the Argo defense, and he scored a winning touchdown with 20 seconds to go. Ottawa won at home in their preseason opener. The Edmonton Elks and Chris Jones went into Winnipeg and won 30-20. to And the, the you know, all the stuff coming out of there was the quarterback for Edmonton, Nick Fatty Arbuckle, had a nice night. Well, of course, he is number one starting material. And who else is going to quarterback Edmonton? It was all fake news. Anybody that thought Nick Arbuckle's not going to be their quarterback. So there's that. Hamilton's... European or global kicker, I think he's from Australia. I believe his name was Tagger. Tag leader kicked a game winning field goal of 35 yards with no time left, and Hamilton beat Montreal 25 23. And the only football related thing before I get onto the preseason games not being on television or even streamed is this, Darren Calgary blasting BC 41 6 at McMahon Stadium late Saturday afternoon. And any football fan. I don't care what league would have an opinion on this. NFL, CFL, USFL, XFL. You know the story, right? Uh, what's the quarterback's name? Kevin Thompson for BC. BC takes all rookies to Calgary. All rookies. I don't think they had one vet in the game, which is their right. Calgary has their entire training camp roster dressed, like 90 guys, including Bo Levi Mitchell, who started the game at quarterback and threw two picks. Whatever. Game gets out of hand, it's late in the game, double-digit lead for Calgary, and they start sending, or continue to send, zero blitzes, and they hit the BC quarterback, which apparently was a clean hit. I searched all over social media trying to find video of the uh, hit, Darren. It doesn't exist. That will dovetail into my next point, obviously, but I, I, the Lions are mad. That with a huge preseason lead that you're blitzing, and our quarterback got hurt out of it. It's pro football, boys. Block them. What do you think? That's There's two answers, right? That's the one. Is be better, right? You got to stop them. And when you start going half speed or, or taking your foot off the gas or not playing hard, that's when real injuries happen in football. Um, we see that, you know, when we talk about it, Pro Bowl and stuff too, when you start, you know, you know, taking it easy and slowing up. That's when real injuries happen. The other side, it is a little distasteful if you got a big lead. It's a preseason game. Rookies on the other side to do that. But at the same time, stop them. And so this is this is great because it's going to create a rivalry with Calgary and BC. I hope it does. I hope there's a ton of hate. And I hope that, you know, now we're going to circle the, the Calgary-BC Lions game on the, on the calendar. And, uh, and, you know, they're going to be excited to come back and, and play Calgary with their vets. So I'm cool with it, but now Calgary has to be ready for the response in the regular season. Sprinkling in viewer comments, Jenna Reagan watching in Southern California says, I'll take any Red Blacks win I can get. <laughs> so good point. They haven't done a lot of winning. Um, and that's one wonderful thing about my career is I've been uh, with good teams, bad teams, I remember when preseason wins meant a lot to the team that I was calling games for, and that's where Ottawa is right now. Um, yeah, so I, there's a lot of comments coming in on that. It's pro football. It's take no prisoners. I remember playing. Uh, I was with the Rough Riders, and we were playing Edmonton in Fort McMurray. Uh, Corey Chandler was our coach, and Chris Jones was theirs, and he was doing the exact same thing. And we had a bunch of young quarterbacks in there. Brett Smith would be one that you remember. And 
he was ripping guys' heads off with the Edmonton defense, and they kicked our ass. I think it was a double-point, double-digit win for Edmonton, and Chain was just like, couldn't stop him. Chain wasn't even mad. And then they asked uh, Chris Jones about it. He's like, that's what we do. Should have prepared for it. This is not flag football. It's supposed to be a professional football league. So if they're gonna <laughs> if they're gonna blitz all game in a preseason, they're gonna do it. And, but that doesn't mean you can't file it and use it for motivation down the road. That that's what they've got to do. But don't complain about it. some of their players were. Um, Rick Campbell, their head coach, didn't say a whole lot about it afterwards. He didn't seem real happy, but he wasn't bitching either, like his players. But furthermore, let me spend the, the time we have left here, and then Bernie Nichols is coming in in the next segment. I think we got three minutes. So Victor Queed, the new president of the Edmonton Elks, cool guy, maybe a little too honest for his role. We'll see how long that lasts. He clearly had no idea the reason for why CFL preseason games that aren't on national television aren't streamed uh, video. He didn't know. So he went and asked what TSN and came back, and it's the answer that we've all known, those of us that have been around the league a long time, that TSN owns the rights to the preseason games, and TSN says if we're not producing them on TV, nobody's producing them. You can't watch no football for you in the preseason. That's what TSN says. Great partner, huh? But the owners of the CFL say, well, they stroke us a check that covers our salary cap, so uh, they can do whatever the hell they want. So I, again, try to find the video of this hit on Kevin Thompson, the BC quarterback. It doesn't exist unless you took game film from the Stampeders or Lions, and clearly they're not going to do it. Maybe you've seen the video, Darren. I haven't. But as, as a pro league that keeps telling us we're trying our best, this ain't their best. That video should not be as hard to find. Or it should at least exist. And I can't find it anywhere. It should exist probably does exist somewhere. I imagine that well, every team would have filmed the game for themselves. There's video out there. It just hasn't been made public. It hasn't hit social media. It hasn't hit the highlight tapes. And, and that's fine. They don't want to show it. I mean, whatever. I mean, it is there somewhere. And uh, if, if, if people wanted it out there, if the BC Lions wanted to show the hit, we would be able to see it and find it. Well, I was uh, obviously in September here. Can't believe it's been that long since I've been coming and doing shows here from South Florida, but at the Panthers games, it was the most time I'd spent in America. And I'm like, I couldn't believe the Florida Panthers games, they streamed some on video, but at least they streamed it. But in Canada, we have the fortune of all NHL preseason games run television. It was like the Panthers. I looked like a UNICEF kid. Like, what? Can you please support this team that doesn't have all their games on television in the preseason? What? But at least it was streamed. At least you could watch them all in the National Hockey League. So I get that the U.S. teams and these non-traditional hockey markets might not all be on television. I get it. But in the Canadian Football League in 2022... You can't watch the video stream of a game because your television rights holder won't allow it. That's where we're not talking as much CFL on this show, and a lot of people get mad about it, but a lot of it that we're not. But my thing is, a lot of what I have to say isn't good. So I'll just talk about something else, and this is it. Like, come on, 2022, get with it. Moose, I'll see you back here in an hour or two, right, where it's going to be. No, no, no. Moose is coming back right after this. Yeah, Bernie Nichols has switched hour two. So, yeah, hey, 
We'll continue all of this right after the break. Got a sports update coming up, viewer takeover. We'll get your the viewers' takes on all of these things. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network. Also live streaming on YouTube. And if you missed any portion of the show, you can always listen to, to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rod. Before we bring the moose back in, let's jump into a sports update here for Hour 1. The defending champion Edmonton Stingers picked up their first win of the CEBL season at home on Sunday afternoon. They beat the Saskatchewan Rattlers 84-71. The Stingers ended the game on a 15-0 run with Czech Republic native David Pekarik scoring 10 of his 13 points in the final minutes, including the game-winning three. Edmonton improved to 8-3 all-time against the Rattlers including the playoffs, Sask now 1-1. One and one. And the Montreal Alliance won their first game. They're the expansion team, or one of the expansion teams. Actually, I think they beat the other expansion team in their home opener. The Alliance trailed early in the game, but fought back in the second half to beat the Scarborough Shooting Stars 80-70 to 70 in front of a noisy home crowd. Moose, tuck that for a second because I want to ask you about it, about it but I won't, I won't put you on the spot, trust me. The National Lacrosse League has announced the schedule for the 2022 NLL Finals with their victory in Game 3 this weekend over the San Diego Seals. Colorado won the West Conference Final, and the Mammoth will now move on for the 2022 NLL Cup Series against the Buffalo Bandits. It's the first NLL Finals Series at all since 2019 when the Calgary Roughnecks defeated these very same Buffalo Bandits in a two-game sweep. So here's the schedule for the NLL Finals Saturday, uh, June 4th. Game 1, Colorado at Buffalo. Game 2, the next Saturday, June 11th, my dad's birthday, Buffalo at Colorado. And Game 3, if necessary, Saturday, June 18th in Buffalo. NLL Final. This sports update for Ballers Rec Room, your official home of slow pitch. Open Wednesday to Sunday. And for the tap, Brewhouse and drive through Liquor Store. And for Red Bull Canada. Red Bull gives you wings. I was going to say the tap where you never have to ask to get the CFL game put on, but not every preseason game's on. Do we have the Moose still with us, gentlemen, if we don't mind uh, bringing him in? I'm going to ask you, Moose. Do we have him? There we go. Did you see Mike Morreale's Instagram by chance, the commissioner of the CEBL, because he was in Verdon where the Montreal Alliance play, and that place was, it was coming down. It was rocking for the Montreal Alliance first game beating the Scarborough Stars. Did you see it? Yeah, it looked unreal. Uh, it looked awesome. So that's really good to see. And you always wonder how these new markets are going to embrace, you know, new teams and new leagues. But Montreal's doing it. Yeah, and I don't, forgive me, I don't really know my Quebec geography. But shoot, the Toronto Rock are playing their NLL games out of Hamilton. So does it really matter how far we're done? is out of Montreal. Um, reminds me of a story. Two guys were driving through Quebec, and it's a long time. That's an old joke. Guys were driving through uh, Quebec, and they're driving through Verdun, and they got in an argument. And they said, how do you say this? Is it Verdun? 
or Verdun. And they said, well, let's stop at a gas station and let's ask the guy that works at that. He'll know. So they pull over and go to the gas station. They said, we're having an argument. How do you say the name of this place? Guy says, Ed's Texaco. Why? <laughs> Was it bad delivery? Yeah, where is it? Come on. Good one, Rod. The guy that he actually said it, uh, that said the joke was Ed's uh, Texaco. Why? Do we still have a Texaco? Or are you guys too, too young to even know what a Texaco is? Uh, Tempos. <clears throat> right. <laughs> Ed's Tempo. Um, well, you know, on this... So have we have we put this to bed that the BC Lions really have nothing to complain about their quarterback hurt because he got blitzed and there was a big lead? I'm sorry, it's I don't have any sympathy. Yeah, let's move on. Aha, Andrew Stute writes and says Verdun is in Montreal, Roddy. LOL. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm not from there. I mean, you and I were just there, and uh, we didn't go through Verdun. So it is what it is. Andrew Stute, same guy. Bonjour, Rod. Happy Monday. I heard that the Alliance game yesterday was a good vibe. Mo Khan is the voice of the Alliance on TSN 690. A lot of the CEBL teams are uh, getting radio deals. I think it's great. Dougal Cameron in Calgary says, blame the CFL's cheapness for not airing all of their games, including preseason games. Uh, yeah, I, you know, coming out of preseason week one of the CFL, what are, what are the takeaways here? We had their upset in Calgary with this. Not every game was on television. And Arbuckle was Those good for big. Edmonton in his first game. What were you? Yeah, did you have any? Before I move on, yeah, those are the big those are the big ones. You know, those are the big ones. Um, results. If you want to look at results, I mean, Edmonton and Ottawa won, so that's that's you know some positivity for those markets who were at the bottom of the CFL the last time they were on the field. So that's good. Um, not that the preseason results dictate anything at all, or we can read into that whatsoever. But at least it's positive, and hopefully those fan bases are engaged. Yeah, Nick Arbuckle had a great game. That's awesome, and. Uh, you know, that's that's kind of the positives out of it. And then I take away this morning uh, reading that uh, Jordan Williams Lambert's cut by by Calgary. And that's probably the biggest news for me out of Calgary this morning. So those are probably my takeaways. It's a good thing that I know Jordan Williams Lambert. So a, a slap shot line came to my mind. Jordan, Jordan Williams Lambert is no Rudy Poo. He was the division rookie of the year. A couple of years ago in the Canadian Football League, signed with the Chicago Bears. He's a good player um, and a good guy. I hope he signs with somebody. But I see a rider, the Ryder fan, John Ohm, writes in and says, uh, should the Riders pick him up? And it reminds me of the scene from Slapshot where <laughs> Reggie Dunlop says to the GM, Joe McGrath, every piece of garbage that comes on the market, you got to buy it. Well, Jay Will is not a piece of garbage at all. And he will help somebody. But it's like, why when somebody gets cut, especially Ryder fans, always want to go, go sign him, go sign him. If the Riders wanted him, he'd be in camp with them anyways. Um, and by the way, Saskatchewan's home to Winnipeg on Tuesday night. Zach Caleros didn't play Friday. Interesting how this has all turned into a CFL segment here. And that's fine. 
Arlen Bruce III, a two-time Grey Cup champion in the CFL, has written in. He says the reason it was rowdy in the CEBL is because the iconic rapper J. Cole plays for the Scarborough team. Oh, I know. And J. Cole had three points in his first game for Scarborough, that home game. But I don't know what he had. I didn't realize how big a deal J. Cole was. Like, why? I got on a plane to come to South Florida. My mind just checked out on everything. So you have to refresh my memory. Was it you, Moose, that told me? No, it was Jeff Armstead. It was my buddy E. Said he went up to see J. Cole. He opened for Rihanna. Uh, he's a big deal, J. Cole. Yeah, very big deal. And this is a big deal for the, for the CEBL and, you know, for that organization in Scarborough uh, to have him uh, part of that group. I think that's awesome. I think it brings more attention to the league, and hopefully it'll drive more tickets out. It was Jeff Armstead who told me that J. Cole opened for Rihanna. Pretty sure. Uh, Nick McConnell, one of our viewers, writes in. He says his biggest takeaway was Mac Dunnigan looks like Santa Claus. I was watching in the uh, luxury suite at Affinity Place in Esteban Friday night. You were with me when they put the camera on the broadcast crew. Listen, I'm not trying to be that guy. But if the highlight and your takeaway, which incidentally was mine too, was Matt Dunnigan and Davis Sanchez dancing in the, in the booth, yowza. That's, that's the most memorable thing from the night was a Santa Claus-looking Matt Dunnigan, who, by the way, is the Bet Regal CFL ambassador. We all love Matt. But the beard, uh, the beard, yeah, he, made a, he looked like Santa Claus. There weren't it's, a lot of uh, big takeaways coming out of week one other than that. Yeah. No, shocking, shocking white. We're not used shocking. to shocking. Yeah, we're no the the beard. We're not used to seeing Matt Dunnigan with the beard, and then you think the beard it is stark white, and that's totally fine and cool. But uh, I thought you know he had it nice and clean, but it was it was stunning. The kind of like oh my gosh, never seen that before. Okay, when we come back, viewer takeover. So whatever questions you people have, I would be more than happy to answer them or take a run at them with the moose. Uh, in hour two, Broadway, Bernie Nichols will be with us to talk about game seven tonight. Hurricanes, Rangers, that's our poll question today. Vote on who you think will win it. I do want to take a look ahead at the Avalanche Oilers series. So whatever the viewers want to talk about in the Taco Time viewer takeover, that is next. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show. Brand new week here from Dodge City and the NHL's Bermuda Triangle on the Game Plus TV network, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now back to your host, Rod Peterson. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I hope you're having as great of a day as we are, and apparently a lot of our viewers are too, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Because this is Taco Time Viewer Takeover. Did you know Taco Time has been around for over 40 years in Canada? This iconic brand and a Canadian favorite serves over 3.2 million burritos, 2.5 million tacos, and over 1 million Mexi fries every year. Let's bring in the moose because I want to see his face for this one. And by the way... Uh, there's a lizard running by me, Moose. That's why <clears throat> it just caught my attention here. But 
I have not switched my allegiances to the Tampa Bay Lightning, at least not yet. It's Brian Dodge's house, Dodge City, the mayor, and he's got the lightning flag up. He moved it from the start of the show because it was behind me, as you noticed. And the American flag because it's Memorial Day. I'm not anti-lightning. Not at all. They invited us to the Stanley Cup party last year, and you were there, and we got our pictures with a cup. We love them. But I'm just saying I'm not... Not yet. Okay. But this is what I wanted your reaction. Breaking news. Ding, ding, ding. Breaking news, Moose. Huge fire on an Alberta golf course. There are flames everywhere. Oh, no. Right on. Uh, that's pretty good. Whoa. I like it. How have I not, how have I not heard that one before? Oh, Let's man. Who wrote Let's that? take a minute. Yeah, go ahead. Ah, uh, no, Jeff the Bomber that? fan. Shocking. Jeff the Bomber fan. He's watching on Game Plus TV. Jeff Blue Bomber fan is what his uh, thing is. So anonymous, basically. Came up YouTube with or on the text? But, uh, Twitter, actually. DM me. Okay. That's pretty good. That reminds me. I guess I should open up the text line. It is viewer takeover time here on the 902 line. I see all of the winners from our Bet Regal contests have got their gear. If you have a minute, Moose, go ha open up the 902 text line. Oh, they're all sending photos of their gear, and it is beautiful. Um, holy smokes. Whoa. This many text messages here, as you can imagine. Ryan okay. Thomas writes in. Great work in Estevan, fellas. Fantastic week, Rod. Have you moved from Regina permanently? Full-time resident of Florida? I'm missing the boys in Bunker with the in-person guests. Signed, Ryan in Regina. That is a case of nunya. Nunya business. From Metal Shingle Guy. He says, extra week of practice is probably nothing to do with the Blitz packages. Um, Was it four... Last minute of play. Last minute of play in hour one. Uh, four more practice. You could call a blitz. I would think that they would have an idea what they're doing. I get the idea of four more days of practice, but can we put this to bed? I'm tired of talking about the BC Lions' hurt feelings. Uh, from Brady in Saskatoon, he says, Hey, Rod, looking forward to the NBA Finals. Go Warriors! Got them in six. Steph Curry will finally take home his first NBA Finals MVP trophy. He goes, I got the Rangers tonight solely on the performance of Shesterkin. And Canada's loss in the World Championships comes off a flop from the Finns. There he goes on. He's got CEBL comments. A lot of thank you, Brady, for writing in. Moose, we'll see you later on in hour two, all right? You got it. Bernie Nichols coming up after this break here on Game Plus TV. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.